0: What has happened to a nation that used to fear the Lord, to a people whose foundation was built upon God's word? We've allowed the world's opinion to chart a different way, but it's time the church of Jesus Christ should boldly stand and say, God's God's word will stand. Against the raging tide of those who criticize and work their evil plans, God's word will stand. Against the gates of hell with power to prevail in the hearts of men, God's word will stand. They can take it from the courthouse walls, remove it from the schools. Teach our children that we're animals, speak against the golden rule. Try and hide our Christian heritage from the public eye. But they'll never overcome God's word. No matter how they try, God's word will stand. Against the raging tide of those who criticize and work their evil plans, God's word will stand against the gates of hell with power to prevail in the hearts of men. God's word will stand. It is forever settled to ever Sinner's heart could ever be made pure. God's word will stand against the raging tide of those who criticize and work their evil plans. God's word will stand against the gates of hell with power to prevail hearts of men, God's word will stand, God's word will stand, God's word will stand,
1: that's a good song, isn't it? Those guys did a good job on it, too. Praise the Lord. That's good stuff. Take your Bible, if you would. Turn over to the book of 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 26. 2 Chronicles chapter 26, I'm going to do my best to preach a little message, and I mean little. Look at two pages. Nobody's here for the message right now. You guys are here to see who won. Well, we'll squeeze one in, all right? Pride, Punishment, and Prosperity. That's what the message is entitled. I just came up with the second part up here. Pride, Punishment, and Prosperity. I had the pride and prosperity, but I thought, that don't work. you got to have some punishment in there, right, with pride. All right, so anyway, there it is. Let's take a look at 2 Chronicles chapter 26. We're going to read the whole chapter. yeah. We'll do our best to keep you awake. I know that normally most of you are napping about this time. I saw some of you out here yawning. Man, if I I, I had a dart or something, I could have made it. (sighs) No. (laughs) All right, 2 Chronicles chapter 26. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king in the room of his father Amaziah. He built Eloth and restored it to Judah after that the king slept with his fathers. Sixteen years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned fifty and two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jecholiah of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. And he went forth and warred against the Philistines and break down the wall of Gath, the wall of Jebna, and the wall of Ashdod, and built cities of, about Ashdod and among the Philistines. And God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabians that dwelt in Gerbaal and the uh, Mahunims And the Ammonites gave gifts to Uzziah. His name spread abroad, even to the entering end of Egypt, for he strengthened himself exceedingly. Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and at the valley gate and at the turning of the wall and fortified them. And he built towers in the desert and digged many wells, for he had much cattle, both in the low country and in the plains, husbandmen also, and fine dressers in the mountains and in Carmel, for he loved husbandry. Moreover, Uzziah had a host of fighting men. Went out to war by bands according to the number of their account by the hand of Giel, the scribe, and Messiah, excuse me, the ruler, under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The whole number of the chief of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,600. And under their hand was an army, 300,000 and 7,500, that made war with mighty power to help the king against the enemy. And Uzziah prepared for them throughout all the host shields and spears and helmets and habergeons and bows and slings to cast stones. And he made in Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and upon the bulwarks to shoot arrows and great stones withal. And his name spread far abroad, for he was marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God, and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him, and with fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah the king, and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron that are consecrated to burn incense, go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed. Neither shall it be for thine honor, for the Lord, from the Lord God. Then Uzziah was wroth, and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priests, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord, from beside the incense altar. And Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead, and they thrust him out from thence, yea, himself hasted also to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah the king was a leper unto the day of his death, and dwelt in a several house, being a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jotham his son was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, first and last, did Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, Amos, ride. So Uzziah slept with his fathers. They buried him with his fathers in the field of the burial, which belonged to the kings. For they said, he is a leper. Jotham, his son, reigned in his stead. We uh, are introduced or, uh, to a, a king by the name of Uzziah. And we read about Uzziah in Isaiah chapter 6. Remember, it is that particular king that's in charge when Isaiah has that wonderful vision of the Lord high and lifted up, remember? You know, the angels there uh, with twain, they covered their face with twain, they blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm talking about, right? I mean to tell you, it was an amazing sight, God being elevated, magnified, and glorified. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, they cried. Uzziah was the king when that vision came to the prophet. Here we have this particular king, and we note that Amaziah was his father. Amaziah was a good king also, the Bible tells us. And yet what we find is that after a tremendous victory that Amaziah had, we find that he ultimately he worshipped other gods. And so... Some of his people conspired against him and they assassinated him. That's an interesting way to handle kings you don't like. And nonetheless, they then said, a 16-year-old son of his will reign. And now Uzziah is king. Everything seems to be going extremely well for Uzziah. And I mean to tell you, he he is burning it up. He's knocking it out of the park. Things are going great. Can I tell you something? Let me just say this. I believe we have done a disservice to our young people today. We don't expect them to grow up anytime soon today. I feel the same way. It's a joke. It's not amazing how I think that quickly on my feet. You would imagine, you can't even imagine how quick I could think if it wasn't for all that food digesting and all my blood has rushed to my stomach. But the fact is, is that. <clears throat> Uzziah is only 16 years old, and he is now the king. I wonder today, you young people, can you imagine literally being the president of the United States at 16 years of age? i tell you something, we need to prepare our young people better for what's coming. I mean, we, we, we act like it's just a big, a, a big game today. Life is a game. Sadly enough, the problem is, is that even parents aren't growing up today. And as a result, it's hard for our young people to grow up when they have no examples of maturity in the home. Uh, I would give you examples, but we don't have time because all we care about is getting to the victors. So anyway, 2 Chronicles chapter 26, we see this great king. I mean, he's an amazing king. Uh, We we see God blessing him in so many ways. I mean, the army's growing strong. He's investing himself in, in the infrastructure, literally. I mean, things are actually working here unlike the infrastructure bill that our president has. But anyway, moving on. It's a little politics for you. Check it out sometime. We are sinking fast, folks. But nonetheless, it's amazing. But nonetheless, we see here a king who is investing in the infrastructure. He's investing in the military. He's doing some wonderful things here. And man, we're seeing God blessing him over and over again. Amazing what's going on here. But some problems arise an issue that unfortunately can grip and bring us all down. Pride. And I want you to notice verse 16. The first point of the lesson or message is this, because we're going to learn three simple thoughts today. One, strength can lead to pride. Strength can lead to pride. Now, I mean, everything is going well. It's going like gangbusters. I mean to tell you, he's tearing it up. If it was a local church, there'd be souls being saved, lives being changed, buildings being built, things are growing and going forward in the right direction. If it was a career, man, I mean to tell you, they have pulled themselves up by the bootstraps. They're going so well, and they're, they're, they're getting promoted over and over again. They're taking positions of leadership. Man, I mean to tell you, the money's rising, the, the authority's rising, the, the opportunities are rising at work. Man, it's going great. I mean, things are moving along well for Uzziah, but verse 16, but when he was strong. Now listen, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be weak. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a loser. I want to be a winner. And I don't like the fact that it's probably not going to be me standing here in the victor's crown, not getting placed on my head. I don't like that at all, but I'm going to tell you this. Strength can lead to pride. We see an example of it here. There's nothing wrong with you wanting to be strong. There's nothing wrong with you working out with weights and getting muscles. There's nothing wrong with you trying to be strong mentally, emotionally, spiritually. That's a good thing. You ought to have some high standards and you ought to have some high expectations for yourself, your family, and for those around you. But my friend, be careful because honestly and truthfully, strength can lead to pride. So we see here says, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up. Mm. By the way, can I tell you this? It's not necessarily how strong you are, but how strong you believe yourself to be that can be the problem. Now, did you hear what I said? You ever met somebody that thinks they're really good at something and they're not? And they all act all so arrogant and prideful about it? I'm the best at this. And you're thinking, you are terrible. It doesn't matter whether they're the best or not. All that matters is what they think about it. They're strong in their own mind. They believe themselves to be good at something, even if they're not. It has nothing to do with, am I really in a position of authority? Am I really tearing it up? Am I really standing out number one? No. Where do you see yourself, though, in your own mind's eye? I know people, and you know people too, who don't necessarily... Live it out, but boy, they sure act like it. You know what I'm talking about. See, it's not necessarily how strong you are, but how strong you believe yourself to be because that's where the problem is. And and you know what? Uzziah was all that and more. He was strong, though. He had attained. God was blessing, and things were going well. But we are reminded that strength can lead to pride here in verse 16. And we must be reminded that if we are anything, it is because of Christ. Yeah, amen. Take your Bible, look over John 15. We've talked about these verses plenty this year, but I think it's, it's something we need to be reminded of constantly. I mean constantly. John 15, verses 2 through 5. I mean, if we <laughs> are anything, anything at all, it's because of Christ. Look what it says in John 15, verse 2. Jesus Christ, of course, is speaking. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Man, I mean, I don't know if it could be any more plain, but the Lord Jesus Christ is an expert. He is an amazing communicator, and he puts it at the bottom shelf, and he simply wraps it all up by saying, for without me, ye can do nothing. Nothing at all. So if we are anything today, it's simply because of Christ. And with that said also, if we accomplish anything, it is because of Christ then. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, the Apostle Paul says, not that we are sufficient to think anything as of ourselves. Our sufficiency is of God. If we have accomplished anything, if we have done anything, if we have made an impact, if we have somehow changed a life, if we've, whatever it might be, it is all Christ in us. It's all Christ. As I began to think, boy, look at the work I'm doing. Man, look at all I do. Man, I mean to tell you, everything I touch turns to gold. My decision-making is spot on, and man, every time I make a decision, it, it seems like it it's better than ever. It's like, man, the building that I had designed, it's even better than, looks better in person than it did on paper. And man, I mean, I'm getting rich and my armies are growing and things are going so well. And we are just, our nation is just getting stronger and better than ever. And boy, I'll tell you what, his strength led to pride because the Bible tells us, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Strength can lead to pride. Number two, pride can lead to taking liberties. Pride can lead to taking liberties. In this particular case, we note that Uzziah takes... He intrudes on the the priesthood. He goes in and offers incense or has a desire to offer incense... The priest comes in and says, well, 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 wait a second, 80 strong men with him, 80 men that are quite capable, and they say, no, 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 king, that's not for you to do, that is not your place. But can I tell you, when you've been made strong in your own eyes, when you think you are somebody, when you finally, when you forget that it's all God, then all of a sudden you think you can take liberties. You think that the rules don't apply to you anymore. Well, I can do that. It's no big deal. I've paid my dues. I put in the work. I don't have to follow the rules like everybody else. Oh, I know where I'm supposed to be. I know what I should be doing, but that's for someone else. Not me. Oh. Oh, I see. You're strong now. So you can take liberties. And in this case, Uzziah stepped into the priesthood. In this case, Uzziah usurped the authority of the priest. He decided to do the job of the priest. And that is not his job. And that wasn't his place. And God was not pleased. I think of another king who found himself in the wrong place. Saul and his army were waiting for Samuel to arrive and to offer the sacrifice before going to war. But Samuel hadn't come there's Saul getting nervous, <laughs> watching the enemy grow stronger and his people grow weaker and fearful that they're going to run for their very lives and leave him standing there. He steps in and offers sacrifice that he wasn't supposed to offer at that point. That was for Samuel to do. In 1 Samuel 13, verse 8, the Bible says, And he tarried seven days. And that is exactly, by the way, the days that he was supposed to wait. But hold on. I don't know what time in the day it was, but I got this strange feeling that there was still time left in the day. Well, uh, you told me seven days. It's a seventh day. Yeah, but it's only 12.01 a.m. You got about 24 more hours. Wait (laughs) on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And he tarried seven days, according to the time set that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. They're getting nervous, they're afraid, and, oh, this isn't going to happen, we're just heading for the hills. And Saul said, bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. And Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, well, isn't it funny? He doesn't say, what do you mean? Huh? What have I done? (laughs) He just did what any king would do. I offered a sacrifice. He didn't do that. You want to know why? He knew he was wrong. He knew he was wrong. This wasn't ignorance. This was willful disobedience. Notice what he says here. And, And he... It it says here, and Samuel said, what hast thou done? Verse 11, you can't see it because I'm reading it. And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not within the days appointed. Wait, it's supposed to be seven days. Matter of fact, Saul just got done doing the burnt offerings, hadn't even offered the peace offerings, it doesn't look like. And he's already there. So he wasn't late. He was just late in Saul's eyes. Because Saul had gotten strong, and he thought he could take some liberties. That's what pride does to us. And so, nonetheless, and that thou camest not within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash, therefore said I. Ooh, That's a problem right there. When we start deciding things instead of letting God and His Word determine it. Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made supplication of the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever, but now thy kingdom shall not continue. It's amazing here. It is amazing what is taking place. Saul is taking liberties. We see that Uzziah took liberties. Why? Because pride can lead to taking liberties. Why is it that powerful men and powerful women do things that we say are very wrong? Because somehow they think they're above the law or somehow they think they will not get caught or they somehow think that their money, their prestige, their position will keep people silent. Let me tell you something. With God don't work that way. Pride leads to taking liberties, and that's not the right way to live. And as a believer, I don't care what the world's doing, we don't have a right to do it. Hold on. It leads us to number three, though. Number one, as we said already, was strength can lead to pride. Number two, pride can lead to taking liberties. But notice verse 19. Liberties can lead to destruction. We know what happened to Saul. He had his kingdom taken from him. All because <laughs> he got strong. He became arrogant. He became prideful. He took liberties. And now he's paying the price. He lost the kingdom. Look at Uzziah here in 2 Chronicles 26. The Bible says that when he goes in to offer these incense and he's confronted by the man of God. Verse 19, then Uzziah was wroth. How dare you? How dare you even think about reprimanding me? I am the king. Who do you think you are? You're just the stupid man of God. I'm the king. God's blessing me. You want to know why they use the word wrath? Because they want you to know that's how he said it. He was mad. He wasn't, I'm the king. You're, you're the priest. I'm in charge. No, he was mad. He was gritting his teeth. He was ticked off. How dare you? I'm somebody. You ever been mad because somebody decided to put you here when you thought you should be here? Do you know what that is? You got thinking you were strong and had the right to some liberties. And all of a sudden, somebody humbled you. You didn't like it. I didn't like it. Uzziah hated it. I don't know about you, but I'm going to tell you this. If you're the king of Israel at that time, and he's he's one of the longest standing kings ever, by the way, 52 years. Most of them didn't even live that long. He ruled that long. I mean, you look at the, the, the list of accomplishments. You see how God's blessing him. You see what God's doing in his life. And it would be easy. It would be so easy to think that you're above or beyond even reprim- reprimanding. But man, thankfully, there's a man of God here. Kind of like Nathan with David. David. There's a man of God that's willing to confront the king and say, whoa, whoa, wait a second, king. You don't belong here. This is not your place. But instead of the king going, you know what? Guys, let me just, hold on, let me catch my breath here and let me think about this. Instead, he lost his temper. He got angry. He got wroth. And look what happens. Liberty's Can lead to destruction. Verse nineteen. Then Uzziah was wroth and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priests, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. I don't know that you and I can wrap our mind around the severity of what's just transpired here. Do you understand that this is an incurable disease? It in that year, that day, that time, it was totally different. nobody nobody cared about a leper. They were cast out. They were not permitted in the temple. They weren't allowed to participate in the normal daily activities. They were set aside on their own. They had to walk down streets and cry, unclean, unclean, unclean. He said, that would have been horrible. Exactly, and that's the fate the king now has endured. That's what's happening here. You realize that now not only is he intruding on the office of the priest, but now he's not even permitted in the temple. And notice, interestingly enough, this is exactly what it took to humble him. You say, how do you get that? Well, look what it says here. And they withstood Uzziah the king, verse 18, and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, Uzziah. Uh, To burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, um, that are consecrated to burn incense, go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord God. But no, he gets ticked off, right? He's wroth, and he has that censer in his hand, and while he's wroth with the priest, the leprosy rises up into his forehead, kind of like probably his face grew red, the leprosy followed it right up. And Uzziah, excuse me, in Azariah, verse 20, the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his and they thrust him out from thence. Wait, yea, himself hasted also to go out. Now all of a sudden, they don't have to thrust him out anymore. He's running out. He realizes what's going on now. He ain't the same king he was when he just walked in there. Now he's running out. He hasted to go out because the Lord had smitten him. That's a tough lesson to learn right there. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Boy, that's lived out in the life of Uzziah. If we were honest with ourselves, we would have to admit at some point, it's true in our lives too. We noted Saul, of course, and we know Saul lost his kingdom. Now we see Uzziah, he's going to lose a kingdom too. Oh, his son will reign in his stead ultimately, but in the meantime, he's going to be co-regent and his son's going to have to make decisions and operate the kingdom so to speak even though dad's alive but dad's not permitted to rule now in that sense because he's a leper matter of fact he can't even go in the temple now here he goes from wanting to offer incense and to, to step in and intrude into the priesthood and now he's not even permitted to go into the temple at all I don't know about you but that, that's that's a, that's, a, that's a lot of consequence that's a lot of punishment That's a rough one. I mean, his whole life he's going so well. Now, I'll be honest with you. I I haven't had the time, and I need to, and I want to. I'd like to know how old he was when that happened. I wonder where he's at in his 52 years. I I don't think it's too much further down the road. His son's going to be taking over. But I'm just saying, think about how many years he was likely faithful. He had to be faithful for a number of years. If 52 years, and we just have to look at the age of his son and backtrack it a few times and look at his age, 60, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying. But we could figure it out. But the truth is, is that he probably was faithful for a number of years. Just like that. Just like that. Gone. And I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> we better be careful with this thing we call Pride. That's why I entitled the message Pride, Punishment, and Prosperity, because we see it all in this passage. I want you to note the moral of the story, though, as we close. Take your Bible, look at 2 Chronicles 26 again, but look at verse 5, because I believe this is truly the key to everything. We're in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, but I want you to go back to verse 5 now. We spent most of our time in verse 16. And on. But now we're going back to verse 5. Second Chronicles 26, 5 says, And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. Here it is now. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Amen. That, that's the moral of the story here. Pride gets us to a place where we're not serving the Lord, we're serving self. See, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. You know what that means to me? You know what that says to me? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you have a better feel of this. As long as every morning when he woke up, he sought him. As long as every time something went on, any decision had to be made, he sought the Lord. See, I think too many times we're arrogant and we're prideful because we don't really go to God for answers. We don't really seek His face. We just go to Him when we feel we're in a pinch. Right. Amen. Yep. Right. But as long as He sought the Lord, God caused Him to prosper. Get your educations. Find a good husband or wife. Have your children. <coughs> Build your houses businesses, whatever it might be. But if you fail to seek the Lord, you will never prosper. Now listen, you may have money in the bank, but you won't prosper. You may have all the things that the world says is success, but you won't prosper. Listen, the world can do it. You say, well, the world does it. Absolutely, but they're not his children. Don't think for a minute that you can get away with what the world can get away with. If you're really God's child, you'll never prosper. And you will never feel comfortable when you are not seeking His face. And if you feel comfortable and you're not, and you're not convicted about that, and you're not bothered by that, then, friend, you need to check to see whether you're really His or not. If you don't have to bow down and seek His face, if you don't have to turn to Him regularly and consistently, and you're good with that and you're all right with that, then what is wrong? Who's wrong? I don't know about you, but I want to prosper. I want God to do something with me, my life, my family, my ministry. I want God to do something great in my life. But I promise you this, it won't be because Mark O'Donnell's all that. It won't be anything about that. It's all about him. And until we seek his face the way God intended, our pride will get the best of us every time. When I'm number one, he isn't. When I'm number one, he isn't. Can I tell you, if you're number one, he isn't either. Uzziah was doing really good, but all of a sudden, he got strong. Do you see yourself as growing strong? Or do you still see yourself as weak? See, you don't have to have a lot of things to be strong. You just have to think you can do on your own. That's really what strength is about, isn't it? We can be independent. We don't need anybody else. But that's that's where Uzziah went wrong. He forgot who brought the success. He forgot who gave him the strength to have success. He forgot who was really pulling the strings? It wasn't him. It was God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Let's let God have first place in our life. Let's seek him. Yeah, get an education. Yes, get a house. Yeah, have money in the bank. Retire, prepare for retirement. Man, I mean, make millions and millions of dollars. That's great. Don't set him aside to do it. Seek him. Seek him. And remember where all of the success and prosperity comes from. Father, we come to you. We thank you again just for the simplicity of your word, just for the simple account in the Bible that reveals to us some very simple and basic principles. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't allow our pride to get involved, that we wouldn't begin to think that we are strong on our own behalf, but our strength is you, that you are our strength, that any successes we have are a direct result of you, that if we're anything or if we're accomplishing anything, it's all because of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, we pray, to seek your face, and in doing so, you will prosper us. And we'll give you the glory for it in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every